Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why Though the podcast, where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter, and we ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we want to go ahead and let you know that we will be leaving SoundCloud at the end of August. You can still find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and anywhere you listen to your favorites. If this is a problem for you, make sure you get into contact with us. You can email us at info at butwhythopodcast.com or reach out to us on our social media platforms at butwhythopc on Instagram, Twitter, and facebook.com slash butwhythopc. If you want to support us more than you already do, head over to our Patreon. You'll gain early access to each episode. You'll be able to read our research notes as you go through the show, and you'll also get access to merch first. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can help us make this podcast better and hopefully get Matt into Bobby Save the Moon cosplay. Enjoy the show. Hyped Defenders, a miniseries where they will be bringing together the Marvel Netflix universe. That would be Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. So this week, we're going to take our time to cover why the Marvel Netflix universe matters, which I'm going to shorten to MNU. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And let's start off with our question, guys. How many of the shows have you watched? And do you think about them being outside of Netflix? Like, do you see them as connected to the rest of the MCU or anything else? Um, I've watched, as far as the shows I've watched, I've watched Daredevil Season 1, Daredevil Season 2, Luke Cage Season 1, and Iron Fist, I guess, Season 1 as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I have not watched Jessica Jones. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just haven't been good and get into it. I watched a little bit when you when Kate was watching yeah. it. I just didn't perk my fancy. I guess perk your fancy. Yes. Oh, I want a shirt with perk your, your, <laughs> your fancy. I like perk your fancy better than tickle my fancy. Actually. Exactly. <laughs> I'll a little bit more. Um, as far as do I think about them being outside the M- M- yeah M and U? I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can change it. I yeah. was trying to make it it smoother. That's not gonna work. Should for we me. just say outside Netflix? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say whatever I feel like saying, and you guys interpret it. Whatever perks your fancy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as far as I think, I do believe they are connected. At least there's been references and little, like, if you want to call them Easter eggs involved. So it seems that they do try to connect them, that they're in the same realm, I guess, universe. I wish they would add these characters, especially considering the storylines they're portraying in the actual movies involve a lot more than just, like, seven characters. Like, if Spider-Man doesn't meet these people, I'm going to be pretty mad because they're all in the same damn city. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the thing. They're all in the same city. They talk about, like, the incident, even though they apparently don't have, they can't say the actual names or something. I The copyright stuff is super freaking weird. Yeah, so, but they do try to make references of it. I wouldn't mind seeing Daredevil on the big screen. Now that I'm thinking about it, I would definitely be mad if Spider-Man, who explicitly said, I'm staying here to be a hometown hero, does not meet up with the freaking three, uh, four superheroes from New York. And he's actually very involved with Daredevil in a lot of the comics. Yes, he is. What about you, Adrian? Uh, I've watched everything but Luke, not Luke Cage, uh, everything. I just, I, I, I'm going to watch it. 
but like I've watched a couple episodes and it's just so not good compared <laughs> to like the rest of them. Skip the first four episodes and after that you might be it's okay. Like, Actually, just really... skip to episode eight. Episode eight's episode eight to like thirteen are the only good. Ones. It's just really really rough for me. I'll watch it eventually. Um, I think that the Marvel Netflix universe does a really good job of like making these people separate but also connected. Like the mentions of them in like the mentions of like what's happening like in the big the greater MCU is definitely there um I think it does it better than like Suicide Squad as like lower tier compared to like what's going on in the DC universe like you don't see them fighting big huge villains that would be like well why isn't Iron Man here dealing with this kind of thing like where Suicide Squad was like there's this big beam coming out of the sky how come no Where's one... Where's Batman? Like, what, like, why is Batman or Wonder Woman or someone not doing something about this? So, I think that they do it in a way that, like, they're able to keep it pretty separate, but I still understand that they're in that universe. Um, Spider-Man's definitely gonna have to hang out with them at some point. Because, like, Spider-Man also dealt with the same type of villain, the street-level yeah. criminal. Yeah. I think he was, like, a little bit, like, more quiet, like, kind of, like, down. And at least... I mean, I haven't watched Iron Fist, so I don't know, like, the villain's story there. It's but, a like, freaking company. Um, but in the other show... Like, in the other shows in the Netflix universe, they've also been, like, really, like, low-key. Like, no one else really know about those yeah. villains if they weren't, like, engulfed in, like... Harlem, or the like only one I can Jessica, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Jones. So the only one I can see though is um, Kingpin's actually a pretty big villain. Yeah, Kingpin in Spider-Man. He's a big villain in Spider-Man. Yeah. He's also just, I guess, a big villain overall. Yeah, in Marvel. Yeah, it's a good point. I would love to see Kingpin in like the in, come come to the big screen because yeah. I think he's a great Kingpin. No, yes. he is, and I actually, and we'll talk about when you start breaking down some of the stuff. But I thought he was a terrible casting choice, and then I saw him play him. Oh. Oh, so and then good. I was like, okay, all my critique went out the window. Because, like, the first couple of episodes, I was like, I don't know if I can buy it. I don't know if I can buy it. And then, like, just, I totally bought yeah, it. Yeah, the first couple of episodes, all I could think of was, like, Full Metal Jacket. All I could think <laughs> of was Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> but he's great. Um, but I th- it's even, even like, at that level, I think they keep him pretty separate. And if he comes back and does, like, some big things uh, in the next, like, upcoming stuff for them, I can definitely see them bringing him to the big screen and seeing how that plays out for sure. Well, also, I guess, I know he's done it, I guess he's getting his new show, and if we're going to go into this eventually, but the Punisher also yeah, plays a role that's a little bit oh, later. with, yeah. like, I believe Captain America yes. as well. Yeah. Um, well. I mean, long story short for me, like, I like all of them except for Iron Fist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the continuity. This is another thing that, I mean, you know, at me if you want. Like, I don't care. Like, this is why Marvel is still better than DC in terms of what they're able to put on screens. Yes. Because they're able to keep their continuity so clean that yeah. when you're watching, uh, or like when you're watching these shows, you're not like, oh, Iron Man shouldn't be coming to deal with this because he's freaking Iron Man, opposed to like, su- like Batman should have came and helped the Suicide Squad. Yeah. A big sky beam, thousands and thousands of people yeah. died in that movie. So. Yeah. And I think we'll probably do like an, an, another episode just on Agents of Shield, but like if, in that in that respect too, like when I watch the Netflix universe. I don't think that the agents of Shield should be coming into it. Yeah, and I the, and vice versa. Like yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen have seen all of Agents, but it's actually a really good show. I really like it. Um, I binged it all. Um, uh, that's probably why so, I watched season one. I was like, this kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah, no, I know it, it gets it's better. It's a rough start. You but have, I'm like, I hate yeah. rough starts, man. I, I know. I like, really, really hate rough. <laughs> I why I haven't finished Iron Fist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it gets increasingly better, and I would say that it is probably one of the 
on network television, it's one of the better done superhero type things. Yeah. Um, Especially for Marvels, they don't really have anything. Exactly. Yeah, so. it, it's, it's just great on all fronts, but I don't find myself wanting those those things to go together, whereas with DC, I'm like, why isn't Grant Gustin, Barry Allen, in the uh, DC universe? Like, this doesn't work. You can't do this. Forecast, DC, uh, yeah. cinema, or CW-verse episode, because yes. I love Grant Gustin. And yes. this new Flash <laughs> is terrible. I, I really feel bad for this new Flash. I actually really like Ezra Miller. I like him as an actor, but I hate but him not as Grant Regis. Gustin. He's not. And his suit looks like a Power Ranger. It really does. It does. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll get we'll get away from from Bash and DC uh, cinematic universe because we're eventually gonna have to do an episode about them eventually. Yeah. At some point, but um, have you watched all the shows, Kate? Yes. Or what's 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 the deal with you? Yeah. First? So I have watched every single one of the shows. Um, we usually binge them. I would say together, but what happens is Matt turns them on and then he keep washes washing them till like eight o'clock in the morning, and then I fall asleep and I have to catch up. Uh. But I binge them as much as I can, with the exception of Jessica Jones. That one was unbingeable, but not for bad reasons, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but I have seen all of them. I like all of them, but Iron Fist, which I think is kind of a consensus. You know, the um, more I've been thinking about this, I feel like I'm going to have to be a defender of Iron Fist this oh show. Oh, God. Yeah, gonna you're going to have to, man, because that first episode was really I don't even like the me. show, but I feel like I'm going to need to. Well, like I can defend <laughs> it in saying that if they had casted somebody who knew how to fight... Who, who actually had a background in fighting, like who had done yeah. uh, actual fight choreography before, he could have compensated for the fact that Iron Fist, only, so Dan, um, Finn Jones only got 15 minutes of, of yeah, playtime Yeah, like I don't know if it's really on before. Finn Jones himself as a, lot of like is, a production Yeah, of no, the team, a lot of it is know? the show running stuff, but yeah. the other part is his acting really sucked. Does so it? that's on ah, him. <laughs> I don't think that Marvel succeeded in their idea to make it fit into the, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe because I don't feel like because it is so street level i don't know if they can actually bring those heroes to like infinity war or something i would love to see it happen i don't know if there's like a direct reference to them but he's like oh we leave those to the street level people like they i think you know avengers is aware of them i don't think they need to cross over because it gives you kind of like this is it gives you the economy of like what it would actually be if these people actually exist in the world not every single superhero is going to go fight thanos like that's just not no no I, i completely agree but what I'm referencing is, and this is where we can go into our first, like our first part of going through the history of how the Marvel Netflix universe got started, was Marvel's entire goal with making the Netflix universe was to make it fit into the MCU continuity in the same way that it made Shield fit into it. So with Agents of Shield, Agent, other than doing like references to the incident, which uh, which Matt referenced, um, they're talking about the Chitauri invading New York. Um, and having small Easter eggs, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually takes place in the exact same timeline as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. which means when Hydra reveals itself, it reveals himself exactly in that in that next episode after that movie debuts. And so it fits into that continuity, and they've also had um, guest spots from actual people from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So the disconnect for me is they didn't take that stuff for the Netflix Universe, which is fine, and I don't think they need to. But their overall goal was to make it a giant bubble where they kind of permeated pretty much every space of our consciousness to make one cohesive universe because they really wanted to be pretty much the anti-DC when it came to that. They wanted to have one giant license that brought everybody together. Would you rather have them do what they're doing now? Not that you don't like like, what they're doing. Oh, yeah, no. Would you rather have them do that or have them do what DC does? I want them to keep what they're doing here. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm much the same way. Cause I think they drop enough Easter eggs talking about the incident, talking about Thor, 
talking about these characters that keep it separate enough because like not every single moment of their life is sound- surrounded by like some world ending incident yeah you know, so I think like these give a good in because between because even, like, even with homecoming on. Vulture wasn't going to end the world yeah exactly like I, 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 I'm hoping that Spider-Man can be a bridge between this because Spider-Man is street level but then again I don't think like I don't think Spider-Man Homecoming fits into the Marvel Netflix world because that Marvel Netflix world is really dark. And he's too big. I think that's a problem with these characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's hey, too much money come to bring watch, them in. Come watch Luke Cage on screen. Yeah. People, the majority of the masses who aren't super comic book fans are like, who, who, who's that? Who's Luke Cage? What, what does he do? Like, people aren't going to know who Luke Cage is. Well, and people that's... aren't going to know who Jessica Jones is, which is tough because we, we know them as... We, I say we as, like, the people on the podcast know them as, like, great characters, but the masses don't know them. Yeah. So maybe Spider-Man is kind of, like, the key to get them... Um, when we look at the order that the shows came out in and their continuity, it's Daredevil Season 1, Jessica Jones Season 1, Daredevil Season 2, Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist. And so when you look at these characters, Netflix and Marvel started with the one that at least had some traction. Thanks to that... Uh, I actually don't think it was as terrible as people think it think it is. Like, I will defend Ben Affleck's Daredevil... <laughs> Slightly. I don't think it was terrible. I also agree. I don't think it was that bad. Oh my god, Andrew, I, I agree. Was, that means it's like, not bad. I think I think, I think I think Michael Duncan was a great kingpin. Yes, he was. That last fight scene was actually really dope. Yes. Like I didn't think it was as bad. I didn't think it was good. I don't it think was twenty five better than I the think, forgotten movie of Electra. Like, I, yes. think, I think Electra is way worse. <laughs> yes. And Electra being in that movie like makes Daredevil worse. But I thought Ben Affleck was. Fun. As yeah, everybody talked about all the hype good. of Wonder Woman, and they forgot. Oh wait, they tried this. Oh, yeah. uh, with there Electra. There were a lot of fail, which I think, which is why they said it's the first successful female superhero yeah, exactly. movie. <laughs> Emphasis on the successful. Um, yeah. No. I so. If you're out there listening, if all three of us agree on something, that means it's a fact. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how it works now? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Because well, like, how often do all three of us agree? Never. So it's usually like <laughs> two out of three is usually well, yes. as far as we get. <laughs> anyway, so there was something in the public consciousness about Daredevil. And at the very least, Frank Miller's run, um, Man Without Fear, actually brought him in really front and center into the into the Marvel world. And if you don't know who Frank Miller is, he's he's also the creator of the Dark Knight and the deep, gritty, dark Batman that you love right now, that is Frank Miller. When Netflix was doing this, I think they made the right decision on choosing Daredevil because I barely knew who Jessica Jones was. I knew her in reference to Luke Cage from Heroes to Hire. And that was about it. And then Iron Fist, I knew from Luke Cage's Heroes for Hire as well. And I knew both of them outside of that small series because I didn't read too much Luke Cage. And I talk about this on the Storymen podcast when I guest spotted. um, But in Marvel Ultimate Spider-Man from Disney XD um, that we kind of talked about, um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are there as well um, because they're buddies. (laughs) Yeah, I think think it's a good point. I think the reason why this Netflix series does really well is because it does give you a different side of of Marvel that you don't get in the in the movies. You don't get dark and gritty in the movies because yeah. that's not what they're trying to do. Um, where yeah, you don't get that dark and gritty. So it gives you somewhere somewhere to do it other than the big screen and you don't have to worry about like taking a huge chance and dumping a hundred million dollars into a dark and gritty Marvel movie. We can just do it on Netflix for a lot cheaper. And people people love it. So it yeah. works. Basically what I saw in season one of Daredevil in the I guess the, I guess the way even the flaws and problems have is what I want to see in Spider-Man, and that's why I hate what they've done with Spider-Man. Okay. 
like I love these shows and I can actually emotionally connect with these shows in the darkness I guess and gritty I guess it's kind of bad in some ways but I'd rather see some of this stuff and their actual I guess flaws and traumas they're going through yeah. in actual problems versus yeah. what we see now in MCU yeah I, I don't think it's bad I think it's just a different perspective I mean I can also agree like I do like seeing pro. I, I see characters going through problems and I think um, actually shout out to uh Stephen Kent on Beltway Bantha's podcast, that was one of the things he brought up. Like, you're able to identify with characters that struggle through things. We love you, Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) So what I wanted to say, though, which was um, the way I think about it, too, is when, I know we're back to the crossover with CW, when the very first crossover, when Flash comes to see the Arrow, and he goes, life is not happy. Life is bad. Or basically in some way of saying, because the Flash episode's always been happy-go-lucky, everything, nothing really bad happens. Oh, Street Criminals versus Arrows, which is basically very tragic and a lot of stuff going. Y'all Season have, one. Y'all haven't finished Arrows. Well, I have finished Flash. Well, yeah, some dark and gritty I, stuff. I, I said well, the no, no, very no, first, trigger. first crossover. <laughs> trigger talking about this last season of The Flash. Can we get a gif of you doing that? <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. First but crossover. I what you're saying, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think of this versus... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I think also too, I, I know we're kind of like ragging on Spider Man a little bit, which we all the only we what we did agree on was that it was well, Adrian's not. Can, yeah, <laughs> we, to go on record, I'm not ragging yeah. on Spider Man. I thought it was an excellent movie, one of the best movies of the year. That's what I was gonna say though. We also agree that it was an excellent movie. We were just detached from it in the level. Better than Tobey Maguire being 27 playing a 17 year old kid, but mm. that's besides the point. Anyway, Ryan, but no, Ryan Reynolds if, is gonna show up and show. Tom Holland, how to do things. That would, that would be amazing. How much would you rather have Tom Holland play with? I know this is completely detached from Marvel Netflix universe. <laughs> would you rather have Tom Holland and Ryan Reynolds buddy cop, or Tobey Maguire's moody ass and Ryan Reynolds? I want. Answer the question, Matt. <laughs> Only because I want. Tom <laughs> <laughs> how much better would that be? Think Only because the way that. they portray it, it's great because it makes Spider-Man question everything. Yes, it'd be amazing. I also want to Do point it. out that I Do prefer it. a little bit older Tom Holland because I love Spidey Pool, but that's just me. That's that's fine. They can go there. <laughs> they can do the it. The door is open. The door is open. So when we actually look at the success of the shows, we have to look at something called demand expressions, and that's gathered through the database called Parrot. Um, and the reason we have to do that is because Netflix does not release its viewership. So there's no real way to tell how many people are watching these things other than the bits that they release. And through third-party sites like Parrot, who use, I believe, it, it's a mixture of positive chatter so that something like Iron Fist doesn't get weighted out the roof because there was a whole bunch of negative chatter. <laughs> like self-reported viewership and I think stream time or something like that. I could be a little off, but I will record, I will include the link to this in our show notes so you can check out these graphs for yourself. Um, but as it breaks down, Luke Cage, Luke Cage is the largest demand expression, so it puts it as the most successful. Then Iron Fist, then Jessica Jones, with Daredevil being the, the last one. But the difference is, is Daredevil has consistent interest across the, um, this is based on the first three days of launch. 
Uh, is what I should preface it okay. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let say, yeah, I let the I important like, thing out. How I was, in the I was, hell I was waiting. Yeah. Is Iron Fist more popular than season so one Daredevil? Think, think. Well, actually, Man, think because Iron nobody Man knew how. First, like Thor three movie wise. Gotcha. Yeah. that makes sense. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I never, I come. I never heard of expressions. I, I go off of like IMDb and whatever like that. Yeah, um, but they also do have an overall staying graph power, and Daredevil does pretty does stay pretty consistent in its level of interest. What I will also say is one of the reasons I believe, and I, I did also find out there, is Daredevil was the very first in launching these series, and I don't believe that anybody really, they, they didn't know what to expect. Now, after you have a really successful season Daredevil, um, season one Daredevil, you tune in for Jessica Jones. You tune in for Luke Cage. And then inevitably, you tune in for Iron Fist because you expect it to be just as good as the other three. <laughs> and I think that's why those numbers look that way. But I think what you can look at is staying power and... I think the negative impact is really important because if you actually look at what people have to say about them, and I'll bring that on later. Uh, actually, I'll probably bring it on now. We ran a poll on Twitter to find out what our listeners' favorite Netflix shows, um, favorite Marvel Netflix shows were. Going in reverse order, 6% for Iron Fist, 11% for Luke Cage, 38% for Daredevil, and 45% for Jessica Jones. So Daredevil and Jessica Jones are fighting it out the entire time. That's about what I would expect for, like, that poll. Because I think Jessica Jones and Daredevil are definitely the most popular. Because yeah. Iron, I mean, Luke Cage and Iron Fist got heat for different parts yeah. of their story. Okay, we'll just say, let's just say what our favorites are now. Because we'll just go off this. Like, I can find, I didn't like the third act of Luke Cage. I thought it was, it kind of fell apart. I loved Luke Cage. Daredevil, I love, like, Daredevil's my favorite because of the freaking fight scenes, but I think Jessica Jones has so much character depth, story, there's different layers of story going on and different experiences portrayed, and it's a cohesive story that I can't really poke holes in. Um, so that, I can see why that won, if you look at story-wise, but I think, personally, I would choose Daredevil as my favorite. Daredevil season one. Matt? Oh, I'm going with Daredevil the whole way. I put way above both of the other two that I've seen. Yeah. Um, so first, I'll like I'll preface this by saying I think Luke Cage suffers from like Kate said the third act being just kind of That's out of true. out of whack compared to the rest of the, the show. Because storytelling is really yeah, good. Yeah, it goes like too cheesy. I think like the first half of Luke Cage is amazing. I think it falls off when Cottonmouth dies, to it's be perfectly kind honest. kind of funny because you say that, and I literally stayed up for about, I don't know how many episodes are there. It's about... It's 13. So I was at basically 9 in the morning, and I basically fell asleep finally after pulling an all-nighter watching that, basically because the third act was not that good. Yeah, like, I think I think it falls off when Cottonmouth dies, yeah. and they try to, like, find a, the, the main villain in between two characters, which, yeah. which I didn't really like. Um, Iron Fist, like I said, I can't get past the first episode. Yeah, that's... And I'm a firm believer, like... I shouldn't have to wait for the show to get good. The show, should just, the show should just be good from the beginning, and I should like it throughout. I say this except for I did watch Parks and Rec season one, which is probably one of the most. Yeah, popular that is but, also true. but when you rewatch it, do you rewatch season one or do well, you start do it when Ben and Chris come in? Well, this is true, but I'm saying that is the one thing where I can at least say, "Don't watch it." Sometimes you gotta hang but in. But this there. is just one season. Like there's yeah. plenty of seasons in Parks and Rec. <laughs> Um, a lot of better actors yeah. in Parks and Rec as well. Yeah, we had to so, go through like, a lot more episodes. Which I will uh, say this too, though. It's actually, like, what you said is perfect because it made me really sad that they brought in Diamondback because I actually thought, like, Mariah was going to be a really good yeah. villain. Like, that scene with... Like, that... Like, seeing her get... Like, have PTSD in that moment and just lose it 
it was freaking intense and then to see her like in shock after and then it's like oh we're gonna throw in diamondback i'm like really yeah like you had like, the perfect villain i, I love the biggie symbolism with cottonmouth and I oh really yeah wish, i really wish he didn't die um, no, I, I agree. Daredevil season one is amazing. Like that hallway scene literally sets a tone for the rest of like this Marvel cinematic yes. or this Marvel Netflix universe because that scene was so good. Literally every other show has to have like a Halloween type uh, ha- Halloween Halloween hallway <laughs> uh, esque scene because that scene was so good. Yeah, I will say Jessica Jones is probably my favorite just because, like you said, cohesively throughout, I was so sucked in. Like, I was in there yeah. 110%. I think Jessica Jones makes Luke Cage better as, like, a, a show. Because you're like, oh, I know that dude. Like, that dude yeah. was awesome in Jessica Jones. Let me go watch Luke Cage. But then with her whole third act thing. I don't remember season two of Daredevil. I didn't like season I two I did. Daredevil. I remember Punisher killing a lot of people. I did like Punisher. I only remember Punisher. <laughs> yes, exactly. that's not... And a little it's bit not, of Elektra. Yeah, like it's not. I don't remember. Elektra. It's not Punisher or Elektra. Like it's Daredevil. Yeah. I don't really remember anything yeah. of Daredevil so, other than him being a dick to Foggy. Like that's well, that's, yeah. that's just well, about he, it. I that's the one thing I don't like about that season. And it's not necessarily particularly that, but I don't like the when they do with the heroes of we're gonna try to shut everybody out. I must do good in this whole oh, selfless, yeah, broody, thing. I broody, can't, uh, I hate can't, life. Like it's not just Peter Daredevil Parker, season two. Yeah. They've done it with multiple characters. I can't stand when they do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely Jessica Jones, season one, Daredevil, Luke Cage, season two, Daredevil, and then uh, Iron Fist. I've only watched two episodes. Yeah, I would switch season one, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. That's about my 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 yeah. ladder. Yeah, as no, well. but I mean, look yeah. at, like look at and the poll. It's like, pretty much yeah, what exactly. the poll says. Because they're I mean, both really really good, yeah. just for, just for completely different reasons. Like they're completely yeah. different shows. Exactly. So. Which I, I do think that like it depends on what you, what you're tuning in to watch and what you want to watch, which might be might be why you didn't get pulled in so much to Jessica Jones as you do with Daredevil. Because I will say this: if you say the hallway scene, people know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like hands yeah. down, people know what you're talking about. And I would also um, so I guess like going from this, I did uh, we did get a couple of responses for what people's favorite were. Um, so Planet Nestor um, at Planet Nestor on Twitter said that their favorite season was Daredevil season two um, and then followed closely by Luke Cage and then Jessica Jones, um, noticeably absent, Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Jessica Jones, I mean, I think, I think season two of Daredevil is good, but not because of Daredevil, because of Elektra and because of Punisher is the why it's good. And that, I mean, the, movie, yeah. the show isn't called that, so. Yeah, and he I He just think, becomes a big dick to everybody. And it yeah, just kind of, to me, it was a big turnoff from where he was in season one. It's a complete character shift that you don't expect. And yeah. it doesn't, they don't really do much with it narratively. Um, yeah. So, um, we also got one from at um, S underscore Moxie. Um, she said that she's tied with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. That being said, I'm not sure I'll ever watch Jessica Jones again because it was very, it was a very stressful experience, which I totally get. Yeah, like, I can see that. I binge watch everything. I could not binge watch Jessica Jones because of the level of deepness there. Yeah, I can definitely see that from different perspectives. Like, I mean, obviously I'm a, a you know, 250 pound male. Like, I don't have that kind of, what, what they talk about, I don't. I'm just interested in seeing, like, how she's going to kill that dude. Because, <laughs> yeah. man, that dude is probably, like, one of my favorite villains in the Marvel Oh, Netflix I universe. have a section in here for villains. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Because yeah. <laughs> that dude is... Jessica! <laughs> is, like, one of my favorite things in all of the Marvel Netflix universe. Um, and then we also have one from At Dan's Distillery. 
Luke Cage, the vibe, the music, everything was awesome. And then from At Real Comics, had to think about it, but Daredevil Season 2, you get Punisher, Elektra, and a sprinkle of Kingpin. I also felt they used Karen well. So it edges JJ. Or edges out Jessica Jones. I will say the hallway scene for the Punisher in Season 2 is actually pretty good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, y'all didn't hate me for this, but I mean, the hallway scene started with Black Widow. Also true. Also true. Iron Man 2. Just yeah. so we're clear. But actually, so in that hallway scene, just to deconstruct it a little bit, um, so Co- Charlie Cox does use a stuntman. He actually uses a Captain America stuntman. But that hallway scene, in particular, the reason they went into the rooms was because they were switching out between Charlie Cox and him. So Charlie Cox did actually do a lot of the really demanding physical labor that was in there. That's dope. I love yeah. stuff like that, like behind the scenes stuff. Like that's awesome. I think that's like where Iron Man, uh, Iron Man, Man. I- Iron Fist suffers because like all they had to do was just put a mask on the dude and get some dude who can fight stuff and switch them out like they did with Daredevil. Well, and but be this, fine. but this is where, but this is this is my like <laughs> argument to that. Is as much as Charlie Cox was wearing a mask, he does a lot of his own stunts because he is he like he trained so hard to be able to do all of hey, it. Hey, he's shredded, bro. Yeah, I know he's shredded. And then you have Finn Jones who did Tai Chi. Hey, nothing wrong with Tai Chi. My, no, gram- my grandma does Tai Chi. <laughs> shout out, grandma. You don't listen to this podcast, but you know, shout out. I think that should that speaks for everything. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Um, Let's get into the but why those, Kate. Let's talk about each yeah, show yes. um, in and of itself so we don't, because this is one of those kind of things where we can just talk forever. Yes. Which, yeah, yeah, so just so everybody knows, I didn't say it when we started, but this is our first time recording, or our second time recording at, or first time recording at the same table with one mic looking at each other's beautiful faces. Yeah. No guests, just us. And it's really great. Going into the but why those, starting with Daredevil, um, and the reason Daredevil is really important and probably the largest but why, though, is because there is no Netflix universe without him. He had to succeed in order for everything else to get made. Um, he's Iron Man. Pretty much. He's the Iron Man of the ra- I think the ratings and everything that go along, what do we correlate exactly with Iron yeah. Man? Yeah, and it, he's also a very big proof of concept because up until now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., as much as it does get heavy sometimes, it's still pretty lighthearted. Um, even as much as the Marvel Cinematic movies do try, like, I mean, Civil War, I agree with you, Adrian, like you've said on previous things, like that final scene, yeah, that's intense. But there are comedic reliefs throughout that entire stuff. Um, Daredevil season one proved that Marvel can go gritty, gut punch drama, because all of these shows are dramas. They're superhero shows that are also dramas, and it shows that Marvel can do that, and they can do it in a different way than DC. They can actually bring it, they have a cohesive story that can fit across 13 episodes, and it never gets, it stays dark, but it stays relatable. Um, they, and so this is pretty much what, this is why Daredevil's important. In the, in the grand scheme of things, because everybody doubted that Marvel could do this. So as much as we talked about the hallway scene for Daredevil, the thing that really hit me for Daredevil, I believe it's at the end of episode, I believe, three, when somebody's trying to, I think, assassinate him, and he fights him, and the dude literally just falls, and his throat goes through the spike, because he killed himself. Oh, that's and that's when so it, sick. And I was just like, all right, this is a lot different than what I've ever seen from a Marvel movie. Yeah, and they yeah. do it well. Like, you don't yeah. have to worry about... Um, 
you know, Daredevil making quippy jokes. No. Where, like, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is one of my problems with um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when we did a review, is that everybody has to make quippy jokes in that. Like, unless Foggy is, like, in the scene... You're not getting fo- you're not getting quippy jokes. And it's also not from Daredevil. It's coming yeah. from Matt Murdock's perspective. Yeah, it's like you're you're not getting quippy jokes unless like certain people are are in that scene and the rest of that you're getting gritty people getting pushed through spikes or hallway scenes. I just remember that yeah. that spike scene right there was like thing I was like, "Oh, wow. Okay. This, yeah. That was cool and we know what we're about to do now." Yeah. And and I think that and I think that also really proves like Marvel can definitely go to like I wouldn't call it ultra violence because it's not like Logan level, but it is still really, really violent. Yeah, it's it, super it, it's violent. Ex- yeah, no, no, it's super violent. Yeah. It's not Logan violent. Yeah, not Logan violent. That's why I can't talk violent. about this stuff because I get excited about the super violent stuff. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, what the? <laughs> well, because like Logan and Deadpool are hyper violent. Yeah. It's yeah. violence that done for the that's done for the, for the sake, sake of violence. for the sake yeah, of violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but here it's done to push narrative arc, and so this is where we go into the fact that. When Frank Miller wrote The Man Without Fear, he made Catholicism as big as a character as Daredevil. Um, Because in his mind, and this was Frank Miller's justification, um, only a Catholic could be a lawyer by day and a vigilante by night. (laughs) And so I grew up Catholic, um, and I can kind of like speak to that because this idea comes from this place that the reason Daredevil does what he does is because he needs to sacrifice himself every night to make up for the for make up for the fact that he's a defense attorney, make up for the fact that he will not always succeed in putting the wrong people away and keeping the right people out, and so he personally takes on that burden of sin from everybody else. Um, he embodies Catholic guilt. So what happens with Catholic guilt is you can have a negative action, and it can't it, it won't always be a super bad action. But you will just obsess over it and obsess over it and obsess over it to think that you're doing something wrong and to think that you've you've greatly sinned. So stealing a pack of gum now becomes a mortal sin. Um, Which, if there are any Catholics listening in the audience and you don't feel this way, I'm really happy you don't. (laughs) But that's not the experience for a lot of Catholics. And that, because there is an emphasis on atoning for your sins, a huge emphasis on atoning for your sins and saving redemption from the priest. And so, what this season does and what what Netflix does with Daredevil is it brings this character, Matt's Catholicism, into the picture. Um, so they don't do this by showing a lot of Catholic imagery like the Ben Affleck movie, because that Ben Affleck movie was like always in a church. Um, but they do it through actually having him deal with these immortal with these moral dilemmas. So you get the real thing that although he's a man without fear, he fears himself and he fears what he's doing in this position because although he's very sure that he needs to do it there is a lot of conflict in how he's doing it and he has multiple times where he's about to confess to the priest and doesn't because of this um so that that in the narrative arc is one of the reasons that daredevil matters in the grand scheme of this is because it actually brought back to life the core which was for a lot of comic book readers of Daredevil, that was a core that got left out um, before, um, a- after him, and in a lot of the the renditions in, you know, media. Yeah, I think um, religion in a lot of media can be pretty heavy-handed. Um, and coming from someone who's not religious, you know, at me or stop listening. Oh, none of us are religious, so you can you can at yeah. all of us. Uh, well, like, come it, talk to me. I'll have it, fun. It's 
it was so like not heavy handed and so important to the story. Like I think you make a great point for Ben Affleck's Daredevil, like where everything was in, it was in the church, but you actually got him like one on one in the confessional, like actually struggling with these issues and struggling with like his religion and like what he has to do at night. So I think they did a great job of incorporating religion into a world that most people probably wouldn't be religious. Yeah. So. so one, I do like it in this show. Like, the way they incorporate it, it's not as bad. And obviously it's big, because really, it kind of just annoys me when it gets comes to the big thing, like you said, in the other shows. Compared to, like, I guess, it's not necessarily a big thing takes away, but Captain America does a lot of, like, quips about yeah. all the God and religious things a lot of times. <laughs> My not, God doesn't wear a cape. Yeah, it's, no, yeah. it's no big it's deal, God. but it does get, like, it's a little annoying after a while. You're like, oh, okay, we get it, we get it. But this show actually seemed to do a really yeah. good job and did not actually seem to bother me like some of the other ones. Not yeah. that I like hate Cap. Well, I don't really care for Captain America, <laughs> actually. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, that like they're no big deal. It's not like a huge game changer. But the Captain America like quips and references that a lot of shows they do they, like yeah. just throw it in there to constantly yeah, keep your mind heavy handed. Yeah. You know? And this this isn't which is, which yeah. makes it so good. It's not like the center point, but you understand why it's important to his character and why it's moving plot along. Because he's having to do, you know, worse and worse things as as the season goes. And definitely, I mean, obviously, season two, yes. it definitely almost become detriment to where he starts exactly. feeling. And you can yeah. see how the flip of like when you, I guess, when he embodies this guilt, it literally becomes totally detriment to where he just becomes basically addict to everybody. Yeah, because you have it happening in the first season where he's using it to drive him to do these good acts right. in violent ways, but still he sees the greater good. Whereas in season two, he's starting to realize like, oh. Oh God, maybe maybe this like smaller like stuff is probably important. So I'm gonna push everybody out because that guilt weighs on him. Also, think that the way they did the death of his father was really freaking intense and way better than what was in the Ben Affleck movie and stuff like that. Like this was like really heartfelt because I don't even think the Ben Affleck movie really talked about it. No, not really, not at part. all. I mean, it's not just. Um, not not the Flash's mom died. Yeah. Oh, God. In the Flash, but I'm it's, sorry it's that he's not going to rewrite time. Hey, <laughs> go watch these late seasons. If you don't cry, you're a horrible person. So. Are we going back to basically everybody does something because their parents died? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next one. Mar- yeah. Why do you want to get me triggered, Matt? <laughs> Every time it comes out, I just think of Martha, and it's just not a good time for me. <laughs> Okay, so moving along, and we have Jessica Jones. So moving on to Jessica Jones, and the reason I'm going to bring up this but why, though, first is because it is the reason that everything else in the show works. So this show was written about women, by women, and made by women. So from the writer level to the the protagonist level to the directing level and production level, it was handled by women. Was it made for women? Huh? I would say... I, I would say that women would be a large section of the audience. I could definitely see that, um, which is why I understand when people aren't moved by it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, the way, what it tackles is it tackles the real life stuff that we have to deal with. They did everything they could to use, I don't want to say like facts, but to use female experiences. And when I say that they use it at the experience level, but they also use it in the therapeutic techniques that Jessica Jones does. Um, and receives um, in the show. Um, so to start moving, um, one of the really big things that it does is that it defines consent um, really explicitly. So Kilgrave is a villain who, uh, Kilgrave or Purple Man, 
Um, who says what, Adrian? Jessica. <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. It really is. <laughs> and he's played by one of my favorite people, the 10th Doctor, David Tennant, who is just awesome. And now I have a hard time liking him because he's so unlikable in this show. God, man, it's is so he? so bad. Holy moly. Like, like, this is by far the, like... He's like Joffrey, like... Ramsey Bolton level. He's Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, like that's like it's like that level. Like he's so yeah. good that you hate him in but just the, like real life. Like yeah. if I saw him on the street, you're like, hey. It made jerk. my lo- <laughs> <laughs> it made my love for him very complicated because he's a villain whose power is to compel you to do what he wants. He speaks to you and you will do it. And so, in Jessica's case, we learn that she's not. In, so in the Netflix universe all of these heroes are pretty much in their origins. Jessica was a hero already. Jessica is now a private eye. And Jessica was pretty much taken out by Kilgrave. She became his slave and for all for for everything. He did he told her to do something and she did it. Um, and that was the end of her doing good really beyond her private eye stuff. Um, and what happens is throughout this the show sets up really firmly that coercion isn't consent. So a yes given under the th- under threat is not yes. Or a yes given without the ability to say no. Um, and that becomes very clear with Jessica and Kilgrave because there's this really intense scene. And it was like I, I had to cut my watching because I needed to emotionally recover after this episode. Um, so they're talking... And she's explaining to Kilgrave um, that he raped her. And he's just like, well, what part of staying in five-star hotels, eating in nice places, and doing whatever you want rape? And she's like, because I didn't want any of it. You told me to do these things, and I did it. And you violated every part of my being. And she explains that it didn't matter that he wasn't trying to because he comes back with the response well i can never tell if what i'm saying is that somebody's doing this out of their free will if they're doing it because i said to it and that's supposed to be your moment where you're kind of like okay and they kind of unpack that a lot with him and you understand his tragic origins but he's still like a really terrible guy when you think about it and it comes down to, and that's what this scene says it's like it doesn't matter that you weren't trying you did this Like, you did this, and there were points that you were aware of this, because Jessica does try to leave multiple times when she starts to break um, before she ultimately escapes. And she explains really, really clearly that it was rape, and that power he had, and his fact that he was aware of it. Because there are times in the show, too, where he's like, if you want to do this, and then it kind of removes that compulsivity of it, because if he says, go close that door you'll go close that door. But if you said, if you want to close that door, then your want will oversee that. So he can, since he's aware of his powers and he's like in his, he's an adult man who has lived with these powers for quite a long time. He can, uh, he knows how to work around them. Um, and he just ends with saying, I don't like that word. <laughs> and one of the things that it does really well is it explained through Jessica and some of his other victims, you get this, experience of what happens when you ha- when you deal with trauma and so jessica isn't a hero that you want to like she's an anti-hero 
she's an alcoholic because she has severe PTSD from what happened to her. There are multiple times where she's having a panic attack and she starts repeating the uh, street names that she grew up on. And that is actually, it's, um, it's a psychological technique that it's called grounding. And it's the idea that when you're about to have a panic attack, you start reciting something that gives you comfort to try and ground you to, to your surroundings and make you aware of what's happening and not what you're thinking. So it's to help pull her out of this PTSD um, mindset. And so she's a drunk. Like, she gets drunk a lot, and she does it to self-medicate. Um, so she... Does she do it to help release her mind from him? No. Okay. Yeah, no. So that's not played in there. Um, she just pretty much avoids him. Like, that, and that's the different part. Like, you don't... Like, in all these other things, you have their heroes seeking out the villain. And it ends up with her finding him and getting this cathartic torture release with him. But for for the in the beginning, she's avoiding him. She does not want to have any interaction with him because she does not know that she can withstand him. She knows that she broke once, like broke out of that mind stuff once, but she doesn't believe that she can do it again. So she is not like she's a freaking troubled hero in all aspects. I mean, Adrian, I know you said you really love the story. Like, do you have any input? Um. So first and foremost. I know it might seem that Kate always has to talk about the heavy stuff. I just think she's just more qualified to talk about the heavy stuff than I am. <laughs> so we kind of like just naturally deferred that to her. She, she's not super excited to talk about that stuff, <laughs> I promise. Um, and the story's just really good. Like, through and through, the villain is amazing. Her as a troubled hero, because that's what we like. It's a reason why I don't like Superman. It's a reason why I don't like Captain America. I like flawed heroes. And seeing her progression and character development through that entire season is so great and i think one of the biggest things that i really like about it is just like the tie-ins between the universes is awesome like luke cage you really don't get too many tie-ins between the marvel universe really that much but jessica jones really ties in like luke cage and a bit of like daredevil like in in it yeah and i think that makes it so much better because like when you're watching luke cage you already have like a basis of like who that character is and whether you're not whether you like him or not, I think most people would would like him based yeah. on Jessica Jones. And you know where he went. Yeah, like it, it's yeah, like you, he you get that. Leaves. Yeah, you get that, and you get like the um, how actually badass she is because she could like hang with Luke Cage. Who you see Luke Cage is just like hallway scene Luke Cage. So you, you just see how great of a hero she is, even as an antihero, because antiheroes yeah. are pretty great, and we're kind of like in the world of antiheroes right now with like. Punisher and Daredevil and like all these other heroes so uh, super good you should watch it Matt and I also think one of the really good things that they do here as well is because everybody assumes that somebody who has gone through who has survived sexual assault or um, some type of abuse so one of the really good things about this too is it doesn't necessarily just cover um, the trauma associated with sexual assault. It also covers the idea of being in an abusive relationship that you can't leave or just being in an abusive relationship in general because you see this form over the relationship that Kilgrave has, Kilgrave has with her as well as with other characters. Um, but what is really good is that when she tortures him and when she ultimately kills him, she's not magically better. She is still fallen apart. Like, so that's the thing. Like, Jessica Jones is not really trying to get better in any of this. She's just broken. Um, and when she kills him, she starts to get better. And I, I guess, like, when she starts torturing him, she starts to get better. 
but she's not just like she doesn't just do it and then oh i'm fixed i'm happy it's okay i had to get over the shame that i felt because i have superpowers i'm super strong i can jump really far like nobody can physically beat me i should have been able to beat him so she has to deal with shame that she's put on herself this entire time and so when she breaks through that she's kind of like oh, okay now i can actually fight him now i can actually put my mind in the place that it needs to be fighting through these mental blocks that she had with him um but on top of that like the really cool thing is everybody thinks that people who have who have experienced some type of um, interpersonal violence can't ever have personal relationships again and she totally gets it on with Luke Cage, which is awesome because yeah. in the comics they have a baby. That is an intense. Um, that is an intense scene. Because like, what do you like? That's much better than Superman getting into a bathtub with Lois Lane. Yes, because you know what? They're two super powerly. <laughs> they're they're two they're two super powered humans who have intense strength, and they break everything because they have an intense strength, and it's not this sense like. She is not scared. Like she, she takes him home to have sex. That, that that's what happens. And then she realizes that he can take her being strong. And she's like, "Oh, this is awesome!" <laughs> and it's 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 this moment where you get to see her not really worrying about things. And it, it it's it's really good to kind of go against the idea that although some women will not want to have, or um, not just women, um, some people who have been. Uh, victims of this type of violence don't want any interaction they're like not every person is like that because um, it's all subjective and it's however you heal so but yeah if you're gonna watch a sex scene on tv go watch that one it's pretty freaking awesome that's pretty good i haven't seen the show so that's why i haven't said much and i'm just kind of <laughs> taking it in <laughs> yes it's really story driven and there is a lot of violent death a whole yeah, bunch you like, of violent you like death. If you I like know. the spear thing through the face, like, go watch Jessica Jones. Yeah. Because there's some ones I was like, oh, snap. Like, that Kilgrave is talking dark. people into killing themselves yeah, in, like, the most elaborate ways. There is some dark, like, dark stuff in there. And finally, to kind of put a cap on, like, this, on her, is, like, it. Is, all the Netflix shows are violent. This is really violent, but it's violent in a different way because it's really, um, it's intimate. And I don't, and I, I like, yes, because it's a form of intimate violence that happens with Kilgrave, but also because you, as a viewer, are made to experience her pain. Yeah. And, and it, so that violence sits with you. And just, like, beyond that, like, not that that stuff doesn't matter, but I think it world builds really well. Like, you get side characters that eventually could be bigger characters later on. Trinity. We get yes, Trinity. yes, the, the woman who played Trinity. Yeah. I don't know what her name is. Her name will always be Trinity to me. Yeah. But she's actually a really badass lawyer who yeah. I would not mess with. No, or even, even like her her friend in the show. Hellcat. Yeah, Hellcat. Like you get, like she could be Hellcat at some point. Like that is world building. Like yeah. at its finest without being, because we've talked about it before, like I hate over like the head Easter eggs. Like these are like subtle stuff that could have bigger implications later. And they later. work whether you know about them or not. Yeah, and I think, I don't think, not that Daredevil didn't do this well, but I think Jessica Jones is the first show in this cinematic universe to do this well. It's why stuff in Luke Cage works. Why yeah. we might get spin-offs with, you know, reasons. I don't want to spoil too much, but, you know. I just gave out the entire plot to both of the last two shows we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, but they've been out for a while. Yeah, this is true. See, yeah. why do I need to watch that? Listen to this. Because it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you appreciate Jessica Jones in the show. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think world's built super well, and I love, love, love world building, so. 
Love Jessica Jones. Probably my favorite for sure. So one of the things that, like I just said with Jessica Jones and coming into Luke Cage is Netflix. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's Netflix or Marvel. Like I don't know who actually has the choices for who the showrunners are. Um, but whoever it is, they're actually conscious in the fact like, hey, we're going to make a show about a female superhero. We should probably have a female writer and a female director. Um, they also did that with Luke Cage. We're going to talk about a show that's set in Harlem that has to pretty much reinvent a superhero that embodied so many negative black stereotypes. Um, we should probably not have some white dude come in and write it. Or some white woman come in and write it. Like, let's actually let black voices tell this story instead of having it written from an outside perspective um which i think actually lets this become and i if you look at if you look luke cage up pretty much everywhere um they talk about it as the first political superhero show and that's because it really tackles um our current our current climate because our current climate really sucks for people of color right now it really freaking sucks um and to have a show that is able to tell an overarching narrative but still get all this in um, is really freaking awesome and really good. Um, and so the awesome thing about this as well is that Luke Cage is almost the antithesis to Daredevil. So Daredevil, there's so much fighting and Matt Murdock has trained to fight, wants to fight, and wants to physically stop everybody. Jessica Jones doesn't so much want to be a hero, but she's not going to shy away from beating the crap out of somebody who's trying to intimidate her. Like, she's still going to knock you senseless. The difference is Luke Cage doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to fight anything, anyone. And the his first act as a, as a hero is using his body as a shield, not actually fighting anybody. Um, and that's a big part of his character. He doesn't want to be violent. He doesn't want to use his power in that way. And at the end, like, his whole thing is, the whole thing for the show is, like, when he fights Diamondback, it's not that you need to keep fighting. You need to know when to fight. And you need to know when to absorb the punches. And you need to know when to hit and where to hit. Um, which is something that you don't get in all the other superheroes. Because well, that's what it kind of seemed hit, like hit. within the, I guess, the first deck or however you guys want to think. It seemed like his lack of taking action would cause a lot of the downfall to the people around him. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that works when you kind of, like, extrapolate it to, I guess, like, because it is seen as a political show, like, the act of not speaking up during things, like, that's kind of where we get where we are. And not just speaking up, actually talking to people and having dialogues between people. So, like, not just speaking up, but actually, like, opening conversations about things. Um, so... And this is going to get heavy again um, because these shows are heavy. Like, these shows are so packed with good writing. Um, and it it evokes the images of, I don't want to say evokes images, it tackles the idea that black men and boys are being shot in the street routinely. Um, and it does this by having Luke Cage's symbol is a hoodie with bullet holes in it. There's a long history of police violence against, or not even just police violence, but violence against, like, people seeing a black man in a hoodie and automatically thinking they're going to be in, you know, they're, they're in danger. And that's been happening for forever. So that's automatically what I assumed. That is something that fans got out of the show um, because it's, it, he's a bulletproof black man. And, and you know, uh, 
was it Me- yeah method says it when he's when he's talking on the show with with methods cameo cameo was, I, that was I, a great cameo it was so good what a great cameo <laughs> um guy disappeared for like a decade <laughs> and way you, to come back and you have the city picking up uh, hoodies with bullet holes so that way when when the cops are out looking for luke they're stopping everybody else and not him I mean, like, this this show is just really thick with so much. And, and I guess personally, too, because I'm a woman of color, but I'm not a black woman. I can't personally speak for the experiences. I can just speak from what I got out of it and from what I read on research. So if there's more out there, like, please at me and send me, like, send me some articles if you know, if you know of any. Um, or if you see anything that can benefit us when we do our after show to kind of fill in on what we forgot, I want to include that. Um... And beyond that, um, they also address trauma in this in this series as well, um, dealing with Mariah's character, um, because it comes out that Mariah's character was actually raped by her uncle, uncle father. Uh, I thought it was her was uncle. It uncle. I thought uncle, it was right? uncle. Okay, I think it's her uncle. Okay, yeah. So she she was uh, I don't even so she was molested and raped as, as while she lived in her uncle's house, and she's having this blowout with Cotton Mouth. And Cottonmouth calls one calls her Black Mariah, which was her actual name in the comic books, um, which is good that they didn't bring it in, but they brought it in to kind of highlight how bad it was, um, which they did a lot with the imagery because this does come from Black exploitation era, um, and so they did a lot to actually bring that into contemporary light. But what happens is, is when she tells him, because she has this breakdown, and she's actually having this really emotionally revealing thing where she's like, "You don't understand. Like he did this to me." They didn't send me away because they loved me and gave me a better education. Mama Mabel sent me away because I was being molested. And then Cottonmouth just victim blames her and says, well, you wanted it. And she, it, it, it triggers her in, in the actual sense of the word, not the way we've been using it, it earlier, but in actual like a mental health sense of the word, where she, she loses control of what she's doing and, and she kills him. Um, and it was really intense because she didn't really realize that she had that she had lashed out that way after it happened. Um, so I would say that the way the Netflix universe has kind of tackled these big psychological problems, um, and we talked about it with Daredevil, like his psychology of like bearing the guilt inside, um, and then in Jessica, and then here with Mariah, um, and even Luke, like Luke's. Luke has like Luke was in prison. Luke was experimented on in prison. Luke saw violence. Like there is a very real reason for why he does not want to be violent. So with this show, kind of, I mean, not that makes it bad, but it makes you like almost like angry. Saying there's literally no, I guess, justice. Yeah. In this show whatsoever. So the people who are your villains, the people who are your villains, essentially get away with everything and leave at the end. Yeah. And the people who basically were here, such as Luke, goes to jail. Yeah. And there's literally, throughout the whole entire show, there's literally almost no justice whatsoever yeah. in this show. And it's so, I guess, counter, and you just get, not so bad, but you almost get mad and frustrated of, like, why is this happening and none of this is ever yeah. fair. And you find out that, like, that happens with every character. Like, the reason that Misty Knight is a detective is because her cousin was abducted yeah, no, and like, killed. Like I said, like, it's literally with every single person in this show. Yeah. Basically, whatever, if they're a good person, bad things are going to happen. If they're a bad person, probably good things are going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, even uh, Misty Knight at the very end. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. she's like, I got her. We got her. 
She loses her phone. Exactly. Her witness gets shot. Yeah. I mean, there's literally... Yeah, no, there's no justice. And it it's freaking intense, and it hurts. And I, I think it kind of opens that window into how people feel. You know, when, when bad stuff happens and people don't go to jail for it, like, that is, that's, that's what, you know, that's what, that's what people of color have to deal with a lot. That's what particularly, um, black, um, black people have to deal with a lot is the fact that, like, terrible stuff can happen and people get away with it. And it sucks watching it on screen because we've been so, especially in Marvel, like, the bad guy is not supposed to win. It's not. Like... See, the more we talk about this, the more my my hype for MCU just keeps kind of going down a little bit. <laughs> What's your alternative, buddy? Alternative? Give me. Did you see Cyborg? <laughs> I was oh, Cyborg looked terrible, and he's one of your favorite characters too, <laughs> so that has to hurt. I'm hoping the reshoots did something with him because I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Vince Stone. Oh, that was literally the first thing you said when we when we were like that trailer, the pictures that we sent you in the group message. It just breaks my heart because I love Cyborg. I think he's a great character. And you've actually talked about him a lot on the show too. Oh, he's dope. My favorite. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think it. Yeah. So it, it's all it. Do you have any thoughts on Luke Cage? <laughs> I just realized that Matt and I have been talking and you haven't. Yeah. I mean. I don't want to like re- reiterate what you guys are saying because I think it's all true. Um, I will be kind of like, not that like devil's advocate because we kind of have like the same feeling on it. That third act is just oh, that bad. bad. It was bad. It's just bad. It goes too cheesy for like what the show is. Yeah. Like, like that last fight scene is so boring and like yeah. so over cheesy. the top. Because what was it you? Yeah. Because what was it you said that they were trying to set it up for episode uh, for season two? So. Basically, I believe the way Diamondback is in the comics, he's actually his brother. Yeah, yeah. That so brother that who part's... was treated horribly or something yeah. and wasn't fully accepted and blamed yeah. Luke for all this. At least that's how one rendition, I believe. Yeah, it's That's the only thing it come with. It was just, like, heavy-handed, and I really think, like, losing Cottonmouth and, like, him being the main villain for, like, the majority of the season and, like, losing him and then, like, Mariah kind of, like, just, like, being there after yeah. and, like, they needed to make up their mind. Like, pick one. Yeah, just, like, pick pick somebody and make me like them. Well, and I think that was my reason with Daredevil Season 2. There were too many people. Like, I hate it when shows just put yeah. in too many characters. I hated it when Arrow did it. Yeah. Like, you just... I was sad. I, yeah, I mean, characters. like, 75% of Luke Cage I love because the music is great. The symbolism is awesome. Like, the scene with Cottonmouth and, like, Biggie in the back Oh, that is, is so amazing. beautiful. Like, amazing, amazing, amazing. Like the like black exploitation parts of it are amazing, but they just dropped the ball so hard in season three that that's all I can really think about. Act three. Act three. Did yeah. I say season three? Yeah. Act three is, is like that last fight scene. I think it like undercuts everything amazing that they did in the yeah. show. But I think it, I think it's good. I think it's great. I think it's worth like if you're sitting here and you haven't watched any of this stuff and you're like, okay, Defenders is coming out. Should I watch stuff? I think. Luke Cage is definitely worth the watch. Oh, yeah. Worth the watch to know about that character, and you get a lot of insight into him. Uh, there's some heavy stuff in there for sure, like you mentioned, but it's not as good as like the previous two shows we just mentioned. And that's just how I feel about it. So yeah. I'm still sad that Karen Page kills probably my favorite assistant villain. I can't even remember what his name, but Kingpin's right-hand man. That guy was about. awesome, and I can't yes. remember his name off the top of my They're head. They're in that warehouse with the desk. 
I don't remember his name. I don't remember his I name. I like Shades, though. Shades, Shades. Shades is actually really awesome. Shades is pretty dope. Shades, I like Shades. No, I really like Shades. And I really like how Shades is just like, I'm going to be where I need to be to survive. Yeah, I like and Maybe because he plays shady characters and he plays the most horrible traitor, non-loyal... Are you talking Freaking. about? You watched that season of Sons of Anarchy, didn't you? I did. With me? That's the only season that's of Sons right. of Anarchy yeah. I watched. <laughs> I've been. And that's all I thought. And he yeah. plays like the same. It seems like the same character in well, this show. I watched Sons of Anarchy, yeah. so I thought he was dope. You should actually watch Sons of Anarchy. I don't want this show to be us just bashing stuff. I think we we're not going to bash it. We're going to talk Iron Fist. Okay. Do you want to lead Iron Fist? I will lead Iron okay, Fist. Okay, you can lead One, Iron Fist. One, do not watch the first four episodes. It's awful. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I would say don't watch the first seven, and if you want good action scenes, watch episode eight. I just pick four, and probably more into like maybe five, six. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it is bad for what it is, and for what you expect, and it's a total letdown. But besides, if we could kill off the character of Joy, which is the most... Oh, she was so bad. The Meachams were so well done, but she was terrible. Joy is the most horrible character out of this entire universe. I hate her character so much. Yeah. She is so stupid. She's actually stupid. No, she is. And and it's just, it's so weird. The, because it, they thought out everybody else. Yeah. So the writing's not great. The show's pretty boring for the first five episodes. It kind of picks up a little bit. If you replace and get decent fight scenes, I can see it being <laughs> way more entertaining. And I'm kind of because you like fight scenes. Well, I do, I do, I do. And I mean, the story I guess Luke is... Cage is also really fight light. Like we should point that out. I'm going to defend him. We're gonna do. But this. you said the first things you've said is <laughs> skip, skip half of it. Skip half of the season. The writing is bad. It has one of the worst <laughs> characters out of all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there's not enough fight scenes. No, no, none no, of no. that makes no, me no. excited no, no, to no, watch. No, no, no. There are enough. They're just all bad. No, <laughs> It's even worse. Iron Fist can't fight, unfortunately. Yeah. But what it does, it, I kind of, I've been thinking about this when it came to this episode, and I started thinking, I've almost become more excited, I guess, not, I don't know, hype, excited, hype. I'm more interested in seeing season two with Finn Jones actually maybe possibly learning how to fight better than, like, a child in, in that than I am actually for Luke Cage season two. At this point. God, you're terrible. You are so wrong. One, the you way that so wrong. you take Madame, away the whole Madam Gal, even though Madame she... Madam Gal was awesome. She was, she was like, she, her and Colleen were the two people that I loved in that well, show. Well, Ka- Colleen like, picks up in this, in this show. She obviously will play a pig row. Colleen's fight scenes were good. They were. Um, but the way they set up for what they're going to do at the very end, if you minus Joy and I can't remember his name. Davros. Davros, D-I... B, a bow, close enough. Anyways, if you minus that whole scene where I don't know what the hell they're doing, what they're setting up and possibly the storyline for season two with him going back and finding out it's destroyed actually seems to be pretty interesting. And plus, I just think if he learns how to fight in a way, at least because it's more action, I guess, better, I mean, not better, but I'm just more excited for that. I want to see what he can do when he has some proper training. I guess that's the thing. Because I will say, too, like, at least I, because obviously we watch our movies together and our shows together, like, you don't like heavy drama. It's not that, I mean, I don't really like heavy drama, but after a while it just kind of gets boring. Like, we're telling a story, it's great, but I mean, after, I guess to me, dramas are great to me in, like, a movie setting or everything, but do I need 13 episodes of drama? That sounds like you're echoing Adrian's, I don't want to watch stuff that makes me sad. (laughs) 
Do I need 13 episodes of drama? I know what the drama is. Yeah. Just end the drama. Yeah. No, I, I think I think one of the things... And so I actually wrote two blogs about Iron Fist. One, I had no problem with Finn, jo- Finn Jones being casted if he could do the work. Um, I wrote an article about that. Um, but after the show came out, and I found out that Louis Tan had actually been tapped, like he was scheduling to shoot scenes for Iron Fist, and then they took him out to put in Finn Jones. The reason I was upset, and I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, um, the fight team only had 15 to 20 minutes per fight to set up and, exactly. and try it. So if they had casted Louis Tan, who has a lot of background in fighting, like he's at... Why are you doing that, base? Because he's not... The, and his is of like Iron Fist is like him being like a former rich white dude. Casting Louis Tan just because he can fight, I think, does disservice to like that character. Like, you got to find another white dude who can fight. Like, look at like Stephen... ML. I thought you were going to say Steven Seagal at first. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, what? I was like, what? Hey, I will say this. Young Steven, I, I would take a young Steven Seagal Danny Rand. I'd take That'd that. be all right. Be I'd, cool. I'd take that. Yeah. No, like, knowing that they actually had somebody who could fight, at yeah. one point, they should have casted him. Because, like, could have gotten over the whole, like, not being a rich white dude thing. Uh, I because... guess, but I thought that was literally the whole premise of the background of his origins. Yeah, you have to change so much to, like, that's just a, To me, that's just a huge change. On, well, see, and on my argument on that, they don't do crap with the fact that Danny's a rich white dude. You could have had a rich, any, any insert any ethnicity dude in there, and you would have had the same storyline. Like, the fact that he is a rich white dude has nothing to do with it. It is just that he is a rich dude. The, the integral part to it is that he is a... Re- it's kind of like Oliver Queen. Like, he's a rich dude that leaves that richness, goes into something, like, I, I wouldn't say horrible, but, like, has to live in something away he from He spent it. five years in Oliver Queen, no. <laughs> Oliver Queen is horrible. <laughs> no. Oliver Queen is horrible. He had to become something else. I saw you lean in before I could. Oh I was God. like, we're going to get to... I'm talking about Danny Rand. I know. Danny but Rand... But I'm just saying, like, it does... You could do it well, like, just because, like, they didn't do well in the show doesn't mean... Like, they, they didn't do it well in the show. That's not a problem with, his like, his character. That's no, a problem with, like, I'm showrunners. Not, I'm not saying... Like, I have no problem with Danny Rand as a character or Danny Rand as a white guy. I'm, uh, I'm talking okay. about having watched this show. If they had cast Louis Tan with the showrunners... With this script in this show, the fact that he can't that he has a background as an actual martial artist, he can pick up some of that like dead weight that Finn Jones leaves in those really slow mo fight scenes. Like if you like I'm not talking about Danny Rand as a character outside. I I personally don't care about Danny Rand. I care Danny I care about Danny Rand as he's in reference to Luke Cage because they're super buddy buddy. That's it. But no, like what I'm trying to say is the argument that everybody uses for, well, that person got the part because they're better. Finn Jones is not better in any way. He sucked. Mac from Always <laughs> I'll tell you. I would love to see Mac <laughs> do an ocular pat down and then like... Oh God. Just... It has to be Fat Mac, though. Yeah. It's cultivating mass. Put the, the Fat Man on. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. I would love that. No, I'm trying to say that, like, even with the showrunner problem, like, like 
Colleen's character. Well, you're talking about the struck. after reception of like how he sucked. Yeah. We're talking about the casting part in general. No, I know why they casted him. They cast him because he cast two characters from Game of Thrones. Like Colleen Wing was in Game of Thrones. She was a Sand Snake, and he was from Game of Thrones. Like okay, they obviously chose all the Game of Thrones characters. But when I asked, this, nobody knew this because we weren't ready for it. But no, so like they cast two well-known people from a really big show. Like it's obvious why they chose Finn Jones. Like they chose him. He. I mean, he does kind of look like Danny Rand, except he's like a little. He His has body no type's muscle. Terrible. He has no muscle, which I don't understand how you like study freaking martial arts for a decade if and have. If no I'm muscle. not like uh, basically Wonder Woman's body type, I can't stand Danny Rand's body type. That's bodyist. I don't care. That's a terrible body type for if you've been studying in Asia for the last 15 years. You've been studying martial arts for eight, like 18 years, 15 years. It's yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's five terrible years. Terrible body. Type for that. Have you ever been to a jiu-jitsu gym? He doesn't I do know. jiu-jitsu. Have you ever been to like a gym with like That dude arts? looks like he can't do one push-up or pull-up. There pull are up. some fat dudes who do martial arts. Black belts. He looks like he can't do a pull-up. I never watch shows. I don't care. I mean, I'm probably <laughs> yeah. not going to watch. After this whole conversation, I don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm unless, just like... Unless it has like integral parts of like defenders, I don't want to watch the show yeah. at all. Colleen nothing, Webb's Nothing really, you said uh, is Colleen, like made me Colleen excited Webb. about it. Colleen Wing? Wing, yeah. Colleen yeah, Wing. Wing. I said Webb. Why did I say Webb? Uh, Spider-Man. Pew, pew! Yeah. <laughs> Colleen Wing is really good in the show. She does have some fight training from Game of Thrones, so yeah, that, no, that's the she, good yeah, she's thing, She's actually really good. Madame Gao, which we still have not talked about, which is kind of depressing, uh, is Madame also Gao is good. really good in the show. Oh, you know who's terrible? The person I love in everything she does, but I hate her here. Why the hell did Rosario Dawson go to freaking Asia? Why? You just met them. She did not need to go on that trip. What? Yeah, right. Dario Dawson gets She was weird. unnecessary. She gets a little Night nurse? Yes. Goes to Asia? Yeah. Why? She, she tags along with them on his freaking journey. It's so stupid. Stop throwing around night nurse into everything. Yes. Because Danny Rand doesn't know how to fight. Yeah. And so she had like, to go help him. And I think the reason I'm Why so, Why is she not like, a doctor at this point? Like, making yeah. millions of dollars. Well, I think also, like, the main... Because this brings us into, like, into that thread. Like, the reason I am so, like... Like the reason I keep saying Louis Tan, other than the fact that they actually tapped him for the role, is the fact that when you watch that scene, the scene is a great scene. Though, it's a great scene, but I'm like, you you couldn't like this type of fighting would have been perfect. No, the only reason I'm excited, I'm sure we'll cut part of this. Yes, we will. Yeah. All I know is I'm kind of more excited. I want to see where they're gonna go. I want to see that he has now a year of actually learning something. Maybe actually put on some muscle. And... No, did you see the defender stuff? <sighs> he looks the same. Well, I guess, too, that kind of brings us into Defenders. Like, So Defenders is going to be all based on Iron Fist. Like, Iron Fist is going to be the little heart of the show. Why? So you may have to watch it. Like, he plays it a makes big no role. sense. Like, he there's so much better role. stories in the Marvel But Netflix the hand universe. comes from Iron Fist. Maybe that's why I'm excited, because uh, I know... And not only that, so in the comp, like... Defenders. Yeah. I mean, the way Iron Fist is written and the way it's all done... He has to be the focal point of what yeah. the storyline that they're doing. And it, it, these were also doing, they th- that was already in production when all this bad stuff about Iron Fist was coming out. It didn't out. even he, matter. That's just how the story yeah. was This written. makes me not want Tom Holland anywhere near this. <laughs> yeah. Because so, Tom Holland would out-act Danny Rand. So I think one of the things that's really interesting, like, in all of this, is where this is going to go. And we're going to get that this weekend. It's six episodes. It's a mini series. Gross. It's gonna be it, it's gross because I want thirteen, but it is gonna be something that at least is bearable to watch size wise, um, and it's gonna give us our first. Well, if it's bad, like yeah. it's only six episodes, 
But if this is like, just watch four episodes of it. The last two are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but no, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll at least get to see that taste. Like, and then we can kind of make our decision. Like, I'm not excited for Iron Fist because I just, I have no faith in, in Finn Jones just because he sucked in Game of Thrones too. I'm sorry. Loris is freaking stupid. Yeah. And he's a terrible actor in Game of Thrones too. And he's creepy. But yeah, so we'll we'll be able to like judge this fairly quickly, hopefully, because um, I know that they the like the showrunners from Iron Fist are not touching Defenders. Ah, that's so good. So we'll see. Well, do you know who it is? I like, don't. Is it anybody from any of the other stuff? I don't. I just know it's not that because they stressed it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and then season two Iron Fist isn't going to have the original show showrunners either. So, um, so the potential there is big. Um, hopefully, I guess also I'm looking at end of Luke Cage, what they set up for season two. Yeah, end of Iron Fist, they show back up at I can't even pronounce the name. It's just well, because end of because end of Luke Cage, he's literally sitting in a freaking cop car. (laughs) Like you like. Like that. That's just it. Well, I mean, you have nothing else, though. Well, yeah, no. Character's because still more exciting. I, I think his character's way more more exciting. Yeah. Like it, he's just way more exciting. No, so I think like one of the big things here too is the the but why though for Iron Fist is it's what Netflix shouldn't do again. Like Netflix needs to put time into prepping their actors, and they need to choose actors that can act because when you're producing dramas, you need actors that can act. You need somebody that can fight. In Iron Fist. Well, I mean, I'm talking about in general. For all, if you're going to do a superhero show, unless you're going to make them like a Luke Cage, where you're pretty much like bulletproof or something, you where you don't, yeah, and you don't like violence. Like a character who doesn't like violence is obviously. Well, even then, he doesn't even need to know violence. He just he can walk up to somebody and do something. Yeah, but so um, if you have any feels from the Marvel Netflix universe, make sure to let us know. I also did not include all of the Twitter fan, but why those on your favorites, but I will be including it on our website, but why though podcast.com. Um, so you can check it out there. We will have a dedicated page up and running with all the fan, but why those, um, from this point, um, from our cosplay episode last week going forward, as always, you can find the podcast at But Why Though PC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find me at Oh My Mithrandir on Instagram and Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me at SuperReese93, S U P E R R U I Z 93 on Twitter. Matt? And you can find me also on Twitter at DATM18, D A T T M 18. Yeah. What should your exit music be? Something from Luke Cage, because the music in that is amazing. Fuck, could, we didn't talk about the music. I could totally. Yeah, well, Adrian mentioned it, you did. Yeah, yeah I, I meant to. Music. It's, it's a, I could, we could, I could go with that. Really good.